Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Uh, hello. Hi, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. How's it going, y'all? It's And it's February already. It is. Don't, it is. man. Just don't. I don't know why time we keeps passing. Over a twelfth of the way through 2024. Uh, getting brighter. Yeah, thanks, God. <laughs> I, uh, it was, yeah, we went to dinner at like, uh, you know, 5.30 last night, and it was still, there was a tiny bit of light still in the sky. And I'm like, oh, oh, please. I would like <laughs> to have dinner at, at light out time again, please. Yeah. That's fine. Just a few more months and it'll still be, like, fully bright at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Just gotta hang in there. Yeah, I like that time. I know not everybody does, but I, I do. Yeah, I definitely don't. <laughs> I'm, like, uh, really enjoying the throes of midwinter. But, you know, it'll be back. Man, it's been... Long enough since we last potted that I can't remember which media that I'm in the middle of that I, or just finished recently, that I talked about last time and which I didn't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. But we could take a stab at it. It was Games Done Quick, right? Oh yeah, it was. It was like the first day, I think. Yeah. We watched the dog speed run, which was absolutely spectacular. Nice. Um, there was a there was a lot of good stuff, as per usual. Uh, I finished the series of books that I had been reading, um, which was the Dreamer trilogy by Maggie Stiefvater. Enjoyed the heck out of that. Finished watching Bodies. Uh, pretty good. Kind of a they wrote themselves into a corner a little bit ending, um, but not too bad. Still worth the show. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm s- starting. I've I, I read the prologue earlier, but now that I'm done with my other books, I can get back to like actually reading it. Um, a book my mom got me for Christmas called An Immense World, uh, which is about uh, it's a nonfiction about the senses of animals, Ooh. which is like right up my alley. <laughs> that sounds fascinating. Actually. Yeah. It's yeah by uh, by Ed Yong, who I think is the science editor of I don't know New York Times, something like that. Some some famous person who does science communication stuff. Um, and the gotcha. pro- from the prologue, it seems very readable. My mom uh, read it for their her book group, um, and. She she said like every few pages she thought of me, <laughs> how much I would enjoy this book. So yeah, sounds good. I'll let um, y'all know how it how it goes. All right, maybe I'll add oh. this to my Kindle. Just <laughs> add, I'll just add that to my list that I keep for when I don't know what to read next. Yeah, I've also started binging uh, Fantasy High. Um, because I, I heard the third season was coming out. I'm like, well, it's, I guess it's about, you know, time. I've sort of been on my to-do list for a while. Um, 
And so I am now all the way through the first season and like seven or eight episodes into the second season, which is a lot longer because it's live and therefore unedited. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Well, that's but, fun still. You know, I I know this is going to be like a real controversial hot take, but uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan's a really good DM. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't. I don't know anything about this um, other than just like that it exists. He's he's like yeah. the internet's DM. Like every That's everybody fair. loves Brendan Lee Mulligan. He's like okay. the the thing about Dimension Twenty, um, which this is a part of, is that uh, everybody who it's it's run by Dropout, which is like the old you know college humor spinoff thing right. that uh, like became its own thing, um, and everybody on Dropout is an improv comedian. So, okay. like, watching yeah. a bunch of improv comedians do D&D is, like, a step above your average person doing D&D. Is this, uh, is this like, a Chicago-based thing? I feel like there's a lot of improv going on in Chicago just all the time. I but maybe not. Maybe I'm I wrong. Think they're LA. I okay. think they're LA-based. Um, but, it's, you know, they do... There's a lot of good shows on Dropout. They do... Um, uh the the what's the fandom one called uh um actually uh they do game changer uh they do um there's a new one that's like uh an improv one that i forget the name of um but yeah they have a lot of shows uh um actually is probably my other favorite one because it's just fandom trivia nonsense um but one of the shows they have is Dimension 20, which is just tabletop games. And each, like, they have a bunch of different seasons that are, like, different storylines. Brennan doesn't DM all of them. Um, but he he was sort of, like, starting their main DM. And then they had, mm. like, uh, some other DM join. Um, I forget if they, if they only have one other or if they have, like, a couple guest DMs, possibly. But... Um, you know, they do different series of different stories. Um, and Fantasy High was their first one. So that's, ah, it's like the OGs, which is where I'm the going The established, to. yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're doing uh, junior year, because it's like a, you know, it's a fantasy world high school uh, thing. It's uh what if, what if John Hughes movie was D&D &D kind of thing, just like Wintermore. <laughs> um, gotcha. So... You know, I've figured, well, it's about time. Um, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, they also, the first uh, one I saw was uh, Escape from the Blood Keep, where they, which is like a one-shot campaign where they all do um, uh, like villains from Lord of the Rings, basically. Like oh, knockoff, knockoff versions. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, like what happens after the Dark Lord falls and all of the like generals just have like nothing to do right yeah because what do you like what's what's your fallback for yeah. employment um, yeah exactly um you know nobody nobody really considers that like your local dark lord is employing a huge swath of the population generally exactly uh let's see escape from blood keep it just has like a... real life yeah actually just like real life that's 100 percent accurate um, it's and that one's got uh, Matt Mercer as one of the players in it. Oh, okay. 
and there's a there's like Crown of Candy, which is like you know a sort of Candyland spinoff one. There's one there's Tiny Heist where everybody is like toys. It's like a sort of a Toy Story esque kind of thing. Uh, the McElroys are on that one. Um, there's another one I've been meaning to watch, which I should probably get to, which, which Hank Green is on, which I guess takes place. It's a sort of like Osmosis Jones takes place inside the human body. Everybody's playing like some part of the body <laughs> uh, kind of thing. All right. That's yeah, there sounds like there's a lot going on. Yeah. Just in general. Uh, Another one of their really big, like, multi-season ones is Unsleeping City, which is sort of like, you know, New York plus the, like, underground fae version of New York. Okay. Not, not underground, but, like, uh, metaphorically underground. Um, right. And I, I, watched, I watched almost all of the first season of that, and I didn't want to start the, like, last two because I figured it would be, like, a finale cliffhanger, and the episodes are, like, two hours long, and I'm like, okay, I can't do this until I have four hours, and then I never did it. So. Yeah, that's the problem with that kind of thing, is that, like, <laughs> it does require kind of a lot of time. Yeah. Um, the nice thing about uh, season two of Fantasy High is that because it's live, they don't do any of the stuff with their usual like sets and miniatures so it's basically a podcast like you can really easily just just listen to it and not pay too much attention to the visuals yeah honestly i get i get like considerably annoyed when there's too much of a visual component to what should just be a podcast um like man i got little enough time for this kind of stuff as it is like don't make me sit in front of a tv or whatever but that's yeah. just me. Not that anyone these days is is suffering from a, a lack of media, but I do yeah. recommend uh, Dropout TV as a as a good solid subscription service investment, um, because it's there's a lot of really fun stuff there, and if you need a, um, you know, if you need a break and just want to laugh a little bit, they're they're real good. A lot of shows to choose from. Nice. Carl, what you been up to besides work? Um, yeah. Uh, maybe work. work, but no. Okay. I started playing a bunch of games this week, but mainly Tekken 8. Okay. And it's been real fun. It's very I... stylish. Nice. I didn't even know there was another Tekken. God. <laughs> I, like, don't pay attention to fighting games, but, I mean, Tekken's cool. Any, Tekken's uh, got a lot going for it. Any fun characters that you like to play? I play Lars. Because he's such an edgy boy. <laughs> good, good to see that the... Is it King? The cat person is still around, it looks like? Uh, yeah. It's technically the second king. First one died, but I see. Wow. it's the same king. Just a different person. I'm looking at the like roster, and it's like you know, fighting boy, fighting boy, fighting girl, fighting boy, fighting boy, leopard, fighting yeah. boy, fighting girl, cyber. Bear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like like eighty five, ninety percent, like you know, 
stony-faced fighting, standard fighting characters, but then occasionally, like Leopard Man, Bear with a Headband, Panda, some kind of weird cyborg demon-looking thing. Yes. Uh, mostly what I know about the, the Tekken franchise is... Uh, I played it with a friend as a kid, and I was really good with King because he had a really cheesy uh, slide kick that stunned the opponent, and I would just cheese that move all the time. <laughs> You're a spammer. That's fine. Nice. That's you know what? You That's fine. Fighting games. <laughs> exactly. No. You do whatever works. No. I mean, I was, you know, probably elementary school, middle school age at the time, so I don't feel too bad about it. But no, I suggest everyone to look up, like, a story recap of all the Tekken games. Because oh. it's one of the most insane and stupid stories ever. Yeah, Tekken is, like, super wild. It's it's pretty good. Yes. Every mainline Tekken game story explained, the gamer. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Uh, I mean, isn't that not true of most fighting games? <laughs> because, like... I guess... <clears throat> There's no good way for fighting game stories to go that gives an excuse for everybody to fight everybody else. They I don't know. I, you I made feel like... kangaroos with boxing gloves, and that is important to the story. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like Tekken is a little bit um, a little bit extra, even in in terms of fighting games. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and they keep switching protagonist and uh, the antagonist. Hmm. Around. That sounds fun. The uh, God, the the fighting game mythos that I'm I'm actually most curious to find out about is uh the Guilty Gear series, because that always had just like a. That is also wild. Yeah. <laughs> I started playing the story of the latest. Guild Gear game, and then I didn't realize that it was just a long series of anime episodes, and there was <laughs> literally no gameplay. Oh no! That sucks. Damn. I mean, I guess that's one way to do it. I guess. It's a downgrade. <laughs> I, I played story mode in uh, X2, and like that had fights in it. But, yeah, I mean, I guess it does, you know, you have a uh, fewer limitations if you're not required to put, you know, fifteen fights or whatever in the story, fifteen linear fights. Yeah, but still, fighting game story should be forced to work in fifteen linear fights. That's what makes them dumb and great. I think that's what you sign up for when you make a fighting game. Like, yeah. I think you should know that that's that's what you're getting yourself into. Pretty sure you cannot do a serious story with a fighting game. Yeah. Mm -mm. Because it's going to be so forced into the gameplay. Yeah, exactly. As it should be. Trying to... Is there any fighting games with a serious story? I, I, don't, I don't think so. I was just trying to think of that as well. And I, I mean, mean... I'm, I'm less versed in the genre, but like... Yeah, I don't know. Soul Calibur games have a serious story? I don't think the, I don't think combat? you can consider Soul Calibur to be serious. No. I, I mean, mean Link and Spawn are both in it. <laughs> like, 
Bruce, not serious. Because uh, the thing is that, like, what is meant by serious, right? Because there's a difference between, like, the game takes it seriously and, like, the audience is expected to take it seriously. Um, yeah. I, I mean, is the is the Mortal Kombat uh, story not tortured and convoluted but serious? I don't actually know these very well, so. Uh, I think I, I mean, only know the first game, and that's basically just the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, Mortal Kombat has really spiraled in um in a big way. Um I know I know there's like lots of big time travel bullshit now. Um oh. I- I'm just thinking about like, okay, every fighting game, like is there are there any like character is there an absence of ridiculous characters? Um, if so, oh. maybe a little closer to being a serious fighting game. But then, like, I can't think of a single fighting yeah. game series that doesn't have at least one or two completely bonkers characters that they have to do yep. something with. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, if I played more fighting games, I would... My My only exposure to... Uh... To fighting game stories is is pretty much through like um, outside extra slash outside Xbox like listicle videos, where it's you know like the the seven uh, like weirdest side characters in a uh, in a fighting game, or you know like the seven strangest character backstories that you didn't know they had, or you know whatever. I yeah. can't stop thinking about the chicken man from Tobol. Um that's the only <laughs> that's the only thing I know about Tobol besides like how technically impressive it was. Um is just there's a chicken man. Um I don't even know the chick I don't even know the chicken man's name. But yeah. Anyway, Tekken 8, what else have you been playing, Carl? You said you started a, a number of things. Started playing the Yakuza Zero. Okay, yeah. How's that treating um... you? It was really fun. I made it through. I got to like the start of the real estate things. Okay, yeah, the real estate stuff is not that fun. But once you get to um, host club management, who <laughs> uh, block off all your time for that? Just uh, just expect to get really into it because God, I fucking love the host club management. Um, nice. It's, I... it's such a good like mini game. The game crashed on me, and I hadn't saved in a while. Oh, so no. I got a bit upset and quit. Yeah, that's fair. But I'll I... pick it up. Yeah, I don't blame you for getting um, annoyed by that, for sure. And then I started playing another code. The remake. Which one? I know I know the title, but I, like, I'm trying to remember what it looks like. Uh... Another code? It's a oh, it's a that one. DS game. Or yeah. it's a DS and a Wii game. Interesting. There's two games, and they made a remake of those two. That's one that I missed. Um, like on the DS, a light I... version, a light and maybe more serious version of the Layton games, I guess. Mm. Okay, that's one I might as well pick up for the Switch. I kind of forgot about that. Can be cute. Very anime. Yeah. 
Like, here's a white-haired crying girl on the cover of the Switch thing, so... Yeah, I do not like the art style. It looked so much better on the DS, but... Mm. Yeah, what can you do? It's pretty fun. But now I'm stuck with Persona 3 Reload. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing about a Persona game is, like, you're assigning away, like, minimum 50 hours, probably at least twice that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least you're in for probably, like, a good 50 hours, at least. There's yeah. that. I I still haven't, this is why I still haven't started Persona 5. So I'm like, ah, it's gonna be, like, 120 hours. Yeah, I took a long break in between my playthroughs of Persona 5. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I haven't... I've heard the story in 3 is really fun. Like, the characters are good, so... Yeah, I haven't played... I don't think I ever finished Persona 3, but I haven't played it basically since, like... PS2. Not, like, concurrently, but I, I played it actually on a PS2, like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. More than yeah. that, probably, actually. Probably more yeah. than 10 years. So it's it's been a minute. Yeah, I played the original Persona 4, and I think that's actually the only Persona game that I've completed. Like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I, I like the characters a lot. Um, it gets a little, like, heavy-handed anime tropes at times. Um, yeah, but... there's there's always that moment where it's like, okay, well, it's time for a bunch of plucky teenagers to kill God. Well, I was thinking more like it's you know, you know, it's time it's time for the the men to try to sl sneak into the women's section of the hot springs, oh. right? Like well, that too. <laughs> yeah, like it, okay. you know, it's the the women in the hot springs have a conversation comparing their boob size because that's what women talk about. When that they're... is what women talk about. <laughs> like, it's like really <laughs> okay. So like you know that gets a little tedious, but uh, but there's it's you know I like that they they do the persona. I mean I assume the whole series does this, but like Persona Four at least. Uh, like the characters start as kind of one note flat tropes that you recognize, but the more you spend time with them, the more they actually get like real depth and have interesting backstories and like you know shades of nuance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say I think it gets better with each game. A lot of the cliches and tropes. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, kind of coming, like, gaining gaining more maturity as writers, as a studio. I think also Persona 3 is very, very, like, teenage edginess. Yeah, don't they, like, summon their personas by shooting themselves in the head? Yeah, they do. yeah, with the evoker is what the gun is called. Uh. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's a striking image, but it does feel very, very teenager-y. Very My Chemical Romance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm told that Persona 4 of the lot is the one that does the best with the persona metaphor right where it's like oh you know the persona represents 
like the part of you that you don't want to show to the world um but uh, like you know the, the the facade that you keep up because there is a part of you that you don't want the world to see and kind of coming to terms with accepting that part as a legitimate part of you and i'm like that makes sense as what a persona is mm -hmm. yeah and versus just a magical summon nah they're just pokemon <laughs> basically yeah they are <laughs> Now, imagine if you had to become a Pokemon to do a Pokemon battle. I think there would be a lot less Pokemon trainers. You can, you can do that in the newest DLC. Oh, I don't like that. They, uh, I mean, you don't have to. And I don't know if you can trainer battle, but you can uh, fight wild Pokemon as a Pokemon uh, when you're in Synchro, is what it's called. You just, like, you go into Synchro, you, you take a Pokemon you throw of, of your ball, you throw it out so it, like, is walking around outside. Uh, and then you synchro into it, uh, and then you become that Pokemon. And you can wander around as that Pokemon for a while. Huh. I like. I never used it past the tutorial because there is no reason to use it in the gameplay mechanics. It's just a thing for fun. Um, but it's a thing you can do. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it sounds like probably something that gets uh, hand waved away, like every potentially unethical thing in the pokemon universe it's like oh but they're such good friends with you they love well, you so much you're you're like synchronizing your thoughts and feelings with the pokemon to become one being for a little bit i mean i guess it i guess it just sort of sounds like you're hijacking your pokemon <laughs> i mean you clearly are but yeah uh, that that is the spin is you know yeah exactly that. like yeah you're you're so in tune with your little guy you know, I th the thing is, like, I didn't, um, I, I also, like, always kind of rolled my eye of, like, yeah, yeah, friendship is magic, it's not really animal dog fighting, you know, like, whatever, whatever. Uh, and then Pal World came out, and I'm like, actually, no, you know what, the friendship part is super important to me. The Pal World feels crazy weird to me, because they're not your little, like cherished friends and companions that you love and want to grow stronger right like that's the thing that i care about it turns out in pokemon it really it really holds it together um that just the veneer of consent really makes a lot of things okay about pokemon yeah um, yeah i have not not uh witnessed anything regarding pal world i'm just letting that one be just letting yeah. it be yeah, yeah, I mean, ignore it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have it, and I, because it's free on Game Pass, and so I might play it. Huck started it, and you know, it sounds like the gameplay loops are fun. I just feel a little weird whenever I see the mons that are like absolute one hundred percent knockoffs of Pokemon. Um, and, like, I have no interest in, oh, there's guns in it, and the Pokemon can die. Like, that's, like, those are not selling points for me. Yeah, anytime, anytime you got a little dude who can die, um, is not good. Like, yeah. just, the emotional attachment that I form with, like, a horse in a Red Dead game is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, mm, yeah, and that's just, that's just a horse. Yeah, like um, the reason most people like these kinds of games is because we enjoy this exercise in empathy where we get to 
care for a little thing and like when you when you're caring for a little thing you don't want the little thing to die. Mhm. Yep. Yep, I feel it. So yeah. That's my thoughts on the matter. That's fair. Um man, we're like this is a low energy episode, <laughs> which is fine. You know, that's fine. These happen. Um do, do we want to just jump into it? Uh sure. Yeah. It's, okay. it's a bit of, it's going to be a bit of an effort for us to to climb up in energy level to get yeah, to a place of more enthusiasm to get to the segue. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, cool. so um we we played Jusant, uh a game by Don't Nod that is about climbing and finding water. Yep. And you you have a little guy that you get to be friends with. It's true, you do have a little guy. So there's our segue. It's it's a little guy game. Yeah. Um, so I will just before we start, spoiler. I have zero idea what the story is about. Uh, I mean, I did not bother to read all the logs. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean the 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 um the whole Wait. conceit is just like there's this big tower that a bunch of people have kind of built their civilizations on and eventually there there stops being water and I guess there was an ocean but the ocean it's, recedes. Uh, it's ironically the exact opposite apocalypse as the previous game we played. Yeah. I was like... I was thinking that as well. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Yeah, because we just played a game where the ocean rose and everything was flooded, because uh, we played Raft. And this is a game where the ocean has receded and everything is left dry. Mm -hmm. I just realized, I think we played two games where the water has covered the entire world, and two games was... where the water has gone away. So there was Raft, and then um, the, the Submerged. boat one. Submerged. Submerged, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this one, and what's the other one where the water went away? Um, wasn't that the plot of, what's it called? The baseball game. Um, it's not a baseball game. Baseball game? You... Oh, yeah, the, the pinball game. Um, uh, Creature in the Well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Baseball game. I, you know what? Way. No, that's the best <laughs> yeah. way anyone has ever described creature. Yeah. Well. As, as soon as as soon as as soon as I got there, I realized, oh yeah, that is that is what that is. Baseball, pinball. You have robot. a little bat. You're like you know firing little yeah. energy balls around. It's that's a perfectly legit description of that game. Yeah, um, that is a baseball game. Um. Yeah. No, we have. Uh, yeah, so also, from what I gather uh, from reading some of the stuff, I think it's implied that the world stopped spinning, that, like, the, the planet has stopped, uh, like, stopped its its rotation, um, because they, they talk about, like, uh, there's a lot of stuff about, like, legends about rain and how, like, you know, modern kids don't believe the old timers when they say that water used to fall from the sky and you know, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But there's also a, the, a fewer and far between more subtle, like people don't know what night is. They refer to sleeps instead of nights. Um, and the implication seems to be that night is not a thing that happens anymore. 
and that maybe some of this ocean problem is at least in part because the the rotation stopped or it slowed down to the point where mm. like they don't have a night day night cycle anymore interesting i did not pick up on that but i didn't i missed fair handful of logs so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no. not surprising yeah i mean we should talk about the logs at some point but um and the collectibles generally mm -hmm. uh but yeah, so the the idea is that like the you know the ocean has gone away, and there was enough water to keep people going for at least a few generations. I'm guessing like inside the tower, the stone tower. Um, mm -hmm. But it's starting to completely run out now, and people are, you know, there's a lot of debate about what folks should do. Should they um, like? Go. Some people, you know, are are going down the tower and out onto the barren, you know, plains of the the former ocean bed to try and find springs out there somewhere. Um, and the few people want to climb higher uh, on the tower to look for clouds, um, because supposedly that was a thing that existed. And there are supposedly these like big flying whale creatures called ballasts that. Are maybe full of water or maybe caused the water to leave in the first place or something and people want to go find them um all of this happened in the past you are now like the lone character who is making this climb through like basically abandoned ruins um so all of this is told through like left behind logs and letters um but it's uh you know some people the one the, the main character the one whose letters you find mostly wanted to go and like research these ballasts but a lot of other people wanted to go hunt the ballasts try and mm -hmm. you know get enough water to to sustain a society uh which they failed to do it also seems like the the overwhelming consensus is uh it's foolish to try to go up and we should go out and the only people who were really serious about going up instead were kind of viewed as like fringe yeah a little bit a little bit like foolish um yeah sort of misguided um daydreamer types like oh you really mm -hmm. believe that there'll be you know water if you go up like why would that water flows downwards why would there be water up you know like yeah um i think they did a like a decent job of you know you have the sensation of like there's it's been at least like two three generations since the water has left and like the language has changed a little bit people speak a little differently like modern kids like you know there's a lot of stuff about how like oh you know these crazy old timers can't won't shut up about like this what the ocean was like and what you know these things called tides and like do you really believe any of that like are they just making it up and yeah kind of cute there's no there's no way that water was just falling from the sky yeah. um you know like some people believe it and some people don't and it's it's kind of kind of cute um i mean honestly the story is not i would say the draw of this game like it's fine but it's not like i think there are a few recurring characters besides just bianca but I like was unable to follow like who was who enough to actually like feel connected to any of them. 
Yeah, it mostly felt like you would maybe have some correspondence between two characters um, in different places, you know, um, that would refer back to a previous letter or something that you've read um, that were more like snapshots almost. Um, There was like one lady who, I don't remember what her old job was, but she left that and then like started a a um like a rescue facility for a specific type of lizard yeah and there's the uh the person who writes the newspaper which is just animal facts mostly which that's a good newspaper like me (laughs) yeah exactly that's a Uh, newspaper that i would subscribe to yeah and so the one of the people whose like journal you find early on is bianca and she's kind of like the, the the collectible letters are gr- grouped into two sets, which is Bianca's letters and then all other letters. So Bianca is sort of like your POV character that you're following from the past. And so mm-hmm. you like you find the place where she like the lighthouse where she lived and she wanted to like set out and she her parents didn't want her to go, but she decided to go anyway. Um, and then you read about like she met these other travelers, like one older guy who, you know, um still like knew of tales of the like the the past when there was more water and was like a really good climber and then like a younger girl around her own age who she may or may not have had a crush on um and so you kind of you read about them climbing a little bit eventually the other girl like stays behind at one of the farms they stop at because she's sort of lost faith in the quest um and then she gets they get to the top and bianca realizes that like the people the the party that they've fallen in with who are still climbing are actually there to hunt the ballasts and not try and like study and rescue them and she's like not sure how she feels about it and then like pretty much the entire hunting party other than her gets like got in the fog basically (laughs) gets killed Mm -hmm. um and so she ends up staying by herself up near the top of the mountain like hanging out with the ballasts uh presumably until her death that sounds like not a bad life (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, she said she she talks about there's one that, like, she sees regularly that she thinks of as kind of, like, a friend because, like, they they're, they both just occasionally, like, make sure the other is there and kind of check on each other. Yeah, yeah, you gotta do, the, do your little vibe check. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Onward. Yeah. Uh, I will say the, the environments in this game are, like, despite everything being, you know, abandoned ruins... Man, this looks like a cozy place to have lived when uh when there was still water. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the story, but the the game is definitely more I would say uh like r- functions on its uh or shines on its mechanics way more than its story. Mm-hmm. Um the idea the core idea here is that it's a super detailed and embodied climbing simulation where like each of your hands is one of the triggers on the controller so you have to like alternate between gripping and then using the stick to reach for a handhold um and then you have buttons to you can like put in pitons so that you can uh you know hang from a particular spot and you know swing from that like lower the rope and swing to get across things or you know find the next area of handholds um and it it does feel incredibly embodied. This to me felt a lot mm-hmm. like something that would be designed by like a USC student or someone who's you know the the class assignment was like 
come up with a mechanic that feels really embodied by the motions that you do on the controller. <laughs> it's like it's very kind of textbook in that way, but it's well executed, yeah. and I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, definitely not the first game that we've played that uses left and right triggers as left and right hands in a, like a climbing scheme, but that doesn't like, mean doesn't like, mean I don't love that shit. Yeah, it's like grow home. Mm -hmm. And they even they even did it way back when we played Brothers. That's true. Although that was more like each yeah. character was one hand, but yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's not the first time that yeah that that has been used for climbing. But there is a lot of like very rock climbingy. Like there's a button specifically mm -hmm. that you press to like rest on your peaton and like or or on your handhold and like shake out your hands to to kind of de detense them a little bit. Yeah, I liked the um. I thought the you know the stamina mechanic was really well um well implemented because. There were not a lot of moments where I completely ran out of stamina and was just screwed. But the threat was always there, just enough. Yeah, that there it, were like that it actually felt like stakes. There were a couple moments where I kind of did. There's a there's a, a minimum cap that it can get to. You can't get completely out of stamina. Mm -hmm. Um but it's low enough that you have like one jump available and that is tedious enough that it's like very difficult when you get to that point. And it, yeah. I probably wouldn't have gotten to that point if I hadn't been screwing around looking for secrets and, like, trying to fully explore stuff so much, but... As yeah. you do, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you, as were... you climb, your stamina uh, reduces, but also your stamina cap reduces much more slowly. Um, so you can press the little rest button to regain your stamina, but it can only go as far back up as the cap. So it, the longer you climb, the lower the cap gets, and like the less uh, resting is actually useful. And your cap doesn't restore until you're like back standing on a like horizontal surface, or until you get to a new tie-in point where you can just like tie off your rope and and hang from it and rest there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What you can do, however, is to put, like, a pin and then go back to the start and rest up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I realized that a little while later and definitely started taking advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah, you have up to four... Uh, well, you have your, your main anchor and three pitons available, which is kind of like the mechanic in... It reminded me of Love a little bit, which was the platformer game we played where you can, like, put down your save point at any point. Mm, yeah. uh, so it kind of felt like that, where it's like, okay, I am right before a tricky jump. I'm going to put a piton in here so that if I fuck up this jump, I'm just going to swing from this point and I can immediately like rewind myself to it. Yeah. But yeah, you can also yeah climb up, uh, then like put in a piton, then lower your, your rope down and go back to your resting point like rest up your stamina and then rewind to your piton a little bit but there's only so much you can do that because you need twice as much rope to do that because you have to you know the rope has to stretch up and then down um so you can do that for like maybe the first piton but often not the second or third um but climbing there's... is fun it feels good yeah, <laughs> it really does um there were a couple points where it i just i felt like something was affecting the responsiveness of like what you can grab and can't 
Um, there were definitely moments where I'm like, I should be able to grab this, but for some reason, it's yeah. just not letting yeah. me. Um, so those the... those little those little wall rock guys. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a few places where you have to use like environmental things. Like there's a there's they're called pebbles, I think. There's these little yeah. like rock crabs that wander across, and you have to like grab onto them. And the longer you're grabbed on, the slower they go because they like lose strength quickly. So you have to like switch from pebble to pebble. Um, there's also like some vines early on that you can get to flourish by like having your little little buddy who's like a baby ballast. Um, he's he looks like a little like blue water Ooh. sack. <laughs> yeah, he's like a little toad guy. Yeah, love, him. Uh, love that little guy. Yeah, so he's uh. He looks like um, there's an animated character from, I want to say it's like Treasure Planet or something. That's like the little critter sidekick that he looks a lot like. Um, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong movie. But anyway, um, yeah, he can produce an echo which like activates these vines in the area, which will either like there's flower ones that grow a path or there's these like big bulb ones that will grow a lot of handholds in their general vicinity. Um, but if they're in direct sunlight, those handholds will like wither away after a little bit of time. So you have to quickly like get over them to a better spot. Um, which I think that was the most annoying of those mechanics. But Yeah. Oh, I found the thing. The thing that you're thinking of from Treasure Planet is called Morph. He's a little pink blob of space goo. So there's that. I don't know why I thought he was blue. Um, but yeah, that that is, I think, who I was thinking of. Yeah, this little thing. It's pretty cute. It's pretty it's cute. Like, it's like that guy, but less wrinkly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There and I mean the sunlight thing. There are there are a handful of little gimmicks like that. Um, the sunlight which destroys, you know, plant based handholds, and also really does a number on your own stamina. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the wind segment towards the end, um, which is just an area of the tower that has, like, really strong winds, which you can use to, um, make longer jumps, but it can also work against you. I like the wind area. So did I. It was very short. I was kind of hoping for more. I, we got in and I was like, oh, it's that, that level of Celeste. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, basically. Climbing a mountain, Um, gotta have a wind level. Well, it was also nice to get out, because it's very clear yeah. where to go in that area. And yeah. that is not the case in the previous areas. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So, that's another thing I had with this game, was, like, the queuing sometimes feels a little off. Um, which I think, you know, to some extent, that's, like, they want you to be able to sort of pick which path you want. It. Like, there's often, like, a few ways you could go. And, like, trying to figure out the the path that works best for you is sort of part of the gameplay. Um, but also, like, there were definitely a few times where I saw something in the distance where I'm like, oh, I bet there's a secret there. I bet it wants me to get there. And then after, like, you know, five, ten minutes of trying, I'm like, oh, I think I'm maybe not supposed to be able to get, like, oh, I can't actually grab onto this dangling rope. Or, oh, I can't actually walk up that staircase clearly visible in the distance that really looks like I should walk there. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And um, there's one one time I got to one of those places where I wasn't supposed to be able to get to. And I'm like, I don't think I could get here again if I tried. And I'm very disappointed that there is nothing here. Um, there was like a little area where you come to an end and there's a, there's like a grating. There's like a, like set of metal bars. Uh, and you can see a little bit of a cave beyond it. Um, and, but you can't get past it except there's a hole in the floor. And I'm like, I wonder if I could swing up through that. So I like, um, put a, like a little piton down and lowered my rope and tried to swing and for after like five minutes of trying, I got a swing just right where just when I was like basically horizontal on the rope, I hit the the hole and I did the little X like jump to get a little bit further. Uh, and I got through. I got through the hole to the other side of the grate and there was nothing there. Oh. It, was just, it was just environmental. And I'm like, shit, I was not supposed to be able to come up here. But it it's so cool that I got here, though. Damn. It was so hard. Uh, I spent all this time hole. Yeah. Don't put a it. hole don't put a hole in the floor there. Don't put a way that it seems like I could get there if I'm not supposed to get there. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, come on. Come yeah. on. There there come were on. also a number of spots where like some some of these places it was hard to tell if you were supposed to get there or not because there is some jank to the games. As I think is like unavoidable because it's a relatively indie game with a physics-based mechanic. Um, but I definitely had some real weird jank where I would like, um, you know, get the rope caught over something mm -hmm. and try to rewind up it and like the camera and... would flip out or... Yeah, 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 definitely. I think honestly like that kind of jank is... You just you just kind of expect it from from don't nod honestly, and that's not really that's really not a knock um, too much. Uh, like uh, I played a fair handful of Vampire, and I liked it quite a bit. And Ev played the whole thing, and he like really likes that game. But man, it has its issues, and that's fine. Nothing that you know prevents you from finishing the game. Nothing really even that like frustrates you out of finishing it, even though you could. Didn't realize that uh, Don't Nod is the studio that did Life is Strange. I should play that. Yeah. Don't okay. Nod makes a lot of things. Yeah, they really do. Um. Yeah. So it's yeah. There is some physics jank, and unfortunately for me, um, the game like did not always run super well on my computer. There were a few areas where I got like pretty severe audio tearing. Um, where like the 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 game was just like the audio was stuttering horribly, and huh. the frame rate dropped to like ten frames a second or or something else that was like actually difficult to get through. Um, I think I, that's why I ended up missing like the last of the main collectibles in my primary run was because I was in an area where the the wind was doing that, and it was it sounded so awful. I just wanted to get through that area as fast as possible, so I like stopped exploring. Yeah, that's fair. Unfortunate, but fair. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, that's that could have been better, but that's also maybe on my computer, which is getting a little older. Yeah, you never know. Uh... Uh, but, yeah, so the, the game has also way too many collectibles. 
Um, there's like six different categories of collectible. I don't know why you would have six different categories of collectible that all have slightly different rules. Um, Is but... it really six? I didn't count. I know there's a lot. I think it's six. It's uh, so let me oh, see. Wow. It, there's main. There's primary letters. Bianca's letters. Uh, seashells. Seashells. Altars. Um, cairns and uh, the, the oh the big spinny stones. Uh, those are the altars. Uh, and oh, those the, big, the altars. The, the big pictures. The murals. Okay, I was thinking uh, the murals were the altars, but yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Damn, yeah. that is six. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they all have different rules. Like some of them, your your ballast has a little echo power that will let you see um some of them are tracked on the main menu but like none of like, karen's are neither um like it's some you know see the the murals are both karen's are neither seashells are seen by the ballast but not on your menu it's like why why would you have different rules for all of them <laughs> like at least when you're done with the game like all of the collectibles are, are tracked in the chapter selects, so you can see mm -hmm. like what you missed and what you didn't. So like that's nice at least, and it's on a per chapter basis, so you can be like, oh, I missed two things in this chapter. I'll go back for those. Um, but I just that seems like overkill. Like you didn't need all of those. <laughs> like have fewer categories of things, please. Yeah. And also, like it might have felt I might have felt differently about it if it weren't for the fact that all of them serve no purpose, right? Like, if it was like, oh, occasionally you'll find this type of collectible, which, like, gives you a little bit of additional rope length, or, like, this type of collectible gives you more stamina, right? Like, if they they did different things, then it would feel like you'd be more, you know, you'd have more incentive to collect certain ones, and you would look harder for them, versus the other ones would be like, oh, this is nice, but it doesn't do anything. But none of them do anything. So they're all, like, mentally equivalent because they're all just, you know, aesthetic, effectively. Um, so, I don't know. It, I felt, like, kind of overburdened because I felt pressured to look everywhere because there were all these collectibles. And yet I didn't get a ton of joy from, from finding them. Yeah, that was... That was, like, the biggest problem, I think, with the collectibles is that, like, yeah, most of them don't do anything. Like, letters are one thing. Letters give you a little bit of, you know, a little bit of context um, or flavor, even. But, yeah, the altars, they just spin. You watch them spin. The murals, they light up. You watch them light up. The yeah, seashells make you sit through, like, a whole segment of ambient noise yeah. that you have to just, like, listen to before you can get out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the seashells could easily have been cut. I don't think they really provided much, and they were easy to miss. Um, the cairns as well, like, mm -hmm. I don't, like, fine, they're in, like, some hard-to-get-to-climb-to to places, but, like, yeah. Um, the, uh, I ended up with, I collected all of the, and, and this was, like, after going back to get, like, the ones I missed at the very end. But um I ended up with all of the um all of the t the altars which I got on the first run through. Um all of Bianca's letters and all of the murals which I got uh going back for them. Uh I was missing two seashells and two cairns a piece. 
which I didn't go back for because I, they're much harder to find because um, they're so easy to walk past because they're tiny. Um, and the Cairns don't even show up with the ballast echo. And then I was missing 16 regular letters because there are so many letters. Yeah, there's a lot of letters. <laughs> um, yeah, I considered going back and then I didn't. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, I didn't. It was too hard to sense direction in the middle part of the game for me. Yeah, and theoretically they give you a way to track certain ones because you can use the little ballast echo and it like shows a like, oh, there's a thing in this general direction. But because you do so much like winding around in various directions to get higher, it, it can be very difficult to tell like actually which way you're supposed to go for those. Yeah. Yeah. So, not to mention, as previously mentioned, not all collectibles show up with the ballast echo. So, yeah, yeah. I, I I did notice that partway through, and I was like, "That's it's really wild <laughs> that that not everything is like on your radar like that." But eh. yeah, magic. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the environments because I think the environments are definitely like one of the standout pluses of mm -hmm. the game. Um, so the tutorial area is sort of like you are some kind of pilgrim who has come from the outside, uh, who comes to the base of this big rock tower. You have your little baby ballast sleeping in your pouch on your back. Um, and you have these like anti-glare sunglasses uh, with like little slits in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you start climbing the like red sort of red orange rock of the outside, and it's it's all crusted with like old, like fossilized shells and and coral skeletons, uh, and things like that. Um, and you see some of the old, like ruined buildings of people who were. Um, th I believe the starting area is called like High Tide is the name of that town. Or low tide? Some, low tide. I think I think it's low tide. Yeah, yeah I think it's tide. low tide. Yeah, which Jusson, by the way, means uh, ebb tide, which is like a super low low tide. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so you go you go through there. Your first goal is to get up to the lighthouse, um, which is one of several like artifact type things along the way that responds to the ballast's echo power. Uh, and responds to, you have like a, a magic seashell that you put in a horn and you blow the horn uh, and it like lights up some kind of like ancient Magitech type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you, there's a, there's a few things in the letters along the way that mention a piper where they're like, oh, you know, where the piper comes, the, the rain follows and like the, the piper brings the rain or does the piper just follow the rain? So I wondered if you are supposed to be like one of these pipers, like maybe this is like an ancient position that you are fulfilling somehow. That makes sense. I I don't know how I didn't make that connection because I did. I do remember reading that, but I just I your your seashell thing shows up so infrequently that it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's me. <laughs> and you also don't have really any context for anything that you're doing from the outset like you yeah you're climbing you've got this weird little guy and you've got a magic seashell none yep. of that's ever explained and that's fine that yeah, doesn't and you need have, to be explained you have tattoos that light up whenever you mm. use the magic seashell <laughs> yeah 
yeah. And yeah, none of that's explained ever. Um, I, I took it as you are one of these pipers, but who the fuck knows? So tracks. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, now that you put the pieces together for me, yeah, I could see it. So, um, yeah. So then you, you, uh, light up the lighthouse and then the first like proper non-tutorial segment is basically more of this like outer orange rock area. Um, but with more towns and also contains what for me was like the hardest section of the game, which was climbing across that goddamn windmill. Um, I don't know if either of you had trouble with that. The windmill. Yeah. I, I remember that section for sure. I don't know that I, I don't think I perceived it as being that difficult because at that point in the game, it's early on enough that I was just like, I'm having a great time climbing. This is so much fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it didn't get super frustrating for me. Cause I was just like, you know, poking around the environment. Even if I wasn't looking for collectibles, I was just having a good time. Just mudding around, pig and shit kind of stuff. Um, I, as you do. I didn't have a problem with the windmill, per se, but I could not... I had such a hard time trying to... There's a resting spot right mm -hmm. next to it. Mm -hmm. And my character refused to grab onto it. Yes! Yeah, that I thought the game was broken because I'm like I'm I'm definitely supposed to be able to connect to this. Why am I not mm -hmm. connecting to it? And at the time I didn't realize that you must have your hands on the handle in order to to get into it. So that was part of the problem. Um I, but I thought the game had just glitched out <laughs> for a while. Oh no. So I spent a long time trying to figure that out and then once I was on the windmill blades, you actually there's a the handmill to get across to the other side is on below is like under the main blade. Um, I kept I didn't see that handle. It's like one sticking out handle. So I kept trying to go up and climb either onto the wall behind it or onto the upright windmill blade, and it just kept not grabbing and not grabbing. And I'm like, where the fuck am I supposed to go? So it took me like at least 15 minutes of wandering around that area to notice that there was a handhold there. Yeah, again, queuing. Um, yeah, they they do they put that's like the double edged sword of putting a lot of greebles into your environment, um, mm -hmm. which yeah. this game definitely does. Um, is that sometimes it's hard to see what you're actually supposed to interact with? Yeah, it's like where is the thing I'm supposed to grab versus where is not, and it's not like there's like absolutely zero information on that front. Like you know, for the most part, like the way. Like rock handholds are done. They're like, there's only a few different types of them that you learn to recognize, and like that's fine. But especially early on, it's it can be very difficult to tell what is and isn't a path, especially because there's so many towns that have like all these big bro broken pieces hanging off of them, and it's like, why can't I grab onto these like big mm -hmm. hanging pipes? Why can't I grab onto this hanging chain? Why can't I grab onto these like you know, ledges of bird nests. Like, I've, it seems like in the real world, I would absolutely be able to grab that. Um, and and yes, in the real world, you absolutely would. Um, yeah. You know. So, yeah, the environmental design does tend to, especially out there, does tend to obfuscate um, handholds. Um, but, so you get through there, and then I think that segment ends with there's like a it's it's almost like a sundial or something like this big calendar rock 
thing that you activate. Mm -hmm. um, and then you go inward to the caves. Uh, the caves are a really cool segment. I, the I caves like them. are great. I would 100% be a cave person. Yeah. There's there's two segments of the caves, I think. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's like the lower section, which is more like... I don't know, more like city built into the caves, and then there's like the big cavern that yeah. I guess used to hold all the water. Yeah. And it's got like these big stalactites that are that have like buildings and stuff like just kind of hugging the ends of them and you have to swing from stalactite to stalactite. And there's yeah. the cavern is full of these like big floating luminous jellyfish things and it's very cool. That's a neat environment. <laughs> yeah. That that part, that like specific cavern reminded me of a story about my uncle, actually. Yes. Um yes. <laughs> it's, it's a little more um like not zipline. Um hookshot. Uh, hookshot, yeah. It's a little bit more hookshotty. Because yeah. you do you do, do a lot of like okay yeah you <laughs> yeah you anchor in here and then you just drop down and you swing as far as you can and hope that you land the jump yeah i had the i had the exact same thought when i was playing that i'm like oh i'm back in the story about my uncle <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah me too i feel like the three of us are like the only people in the universe who have played that game <laughs> More so, people have played it, but we just we gotta find them. We gotta find our people. There's yeah. dozens of us. So it's good to have that as a as a point of reference with y'all, knowing that the like the three of us all had that thought. Um yeah, so uh one of the I know one of the ends, I think the end of the second one of those is like like a giant piece of white coral that you blow into or something like that. I forget what the other one is. Um, it's like it's something where like the ceiling cavern has um, some. Yeah, it's like it almost. Yeah, it almost looks like um, like part of a, a dam or something. Because I know in that section they're talking about how how it became really controversial. Like water is becoming scarce, and we should open up the dams. We should never have built the dams in the first place. So I think that's like what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's like were some like... kind of dam apparatus fighting over like whether whether water should be rationed and mm -hmm. um you know some people are saying like oh you know the rationing is making the problem better some people were saying the rationing is making the problem worse but like it didn't matter either way in the end because the water was just leaving and there was nothing they could do about it so yeah, if, if there's no water then rationing is not gonna do anything yeah yeah you you um you open up like it opens up like hatches into it and all these like jellyfish start pouring in it's very very cool yeah yeah it was very neat um and then yeah then you emerge out of the caverns uh into like this sort of misty fog into this like really windy section where like now the the cliff face has greenery all over it because there's enough moisture in the air that it's like supporting the plants Mm -hmm. um, and there's these big windmills that are in the side of the, uh, you know, embedded in the side of the rock. And there's like the, these really powerful winds that, as, as mentioned, was, can help your jumps or hinder your jumps uh, in various directions. Um, there's, there's a lovely little button um, 
in the game that's like press X to basically like extend yourself a little further. So you <laughs> jump and then like at the end of your jump you can press it again to like do a little extra half jump hop <laughs> off the wall or like yeah. you know let really like, stretch yourself out. Yeah, stretch your rope a little bit at the end of your junk jump to reach just a little further and it's the like almost got it button which is pretty great. Um so made a lot of use of that in this uh in this area. Mhm. Yeah, this section is really all about jumping. Um, yeah. A lot of jumping. Yeah, a lot of jumping, a lot of getting blown around by the wind, which is pretty cool. Um, I, had a, I had a tough time with these windmills, too. I don't know what it is about windmills. I have a tough time with windmills in this game. Yeah, I did have a difficulty with these windmills um, because it was... I was having difficulty getting inputs to register when I wanted to grab something. Yeah. Um, I think I think like specifically it didn't like me being on the very last handhold on a windmill blade for some reason. Um yeah. so if I just didn't go all the way to the end then it was fine. Um I think yeah. there's also some some text that you get there which I guess this this tracks with like the orbit rotation of the planet slowing down is that it, they talk about how one part of the um the tower is always in the sunlight and then this windy part is like always in the shade or there's always cloud cover or something like that. Yeah. Again, I know where I'd live and it's not in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, you, this is where you start being able to hear the ballasts. Like you can kind of see their shadows in the clouds sometimes and you hear this like big, like echoing whale song. Um, in the distance and so like that accompanies you it's it sucks that i had some of my worst audio tearing in this section because yeah. like it's, it was a really interesting ambient like the the wind gives that kind of like the sort of ominousness that really strong wind gives in real life yeah um and it feels like you know you're you're approaching something important but a little scary um and it's very cool uh, and at the end of this one, you you blow your horn to summon one of the big adult ballasts, which is basically like a big old square uh, sky whale. Yeah, they're <laughs> sky whales, but they got like little feats, like yep. almost like vestigial feats. Yep, they're very cute, uh, they and they're they're like in completely encrusted with like old reef stuff and wreckage and like ropes and. Uh, and there's a there's a great section where you're like riding the ballast and you have to climb across it without being like completely blown off by the wind as it speeds around the mountain. Yeah, I sort of I sort of headcanon that this one ballast that you summon is the one that hung out with Bianca. Yeah, I think that's I mean, that's I, probably I like, like it seems like the implication. Yeah, I like to believe that that's implied. Um, yeah. There's no there's no proof for that, but. It's you know it's it's stated to be like the one that comes low down and and looks at at people so why not mm -hmm. exactly um, and so that one carries you all the way up to the top of the mountain which is where the game takes kind of a weird turn spoilers like I guess um, yeah <laughs> at at this point not that we haven't been spoiling all throughout but you know go play the game if you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, but yeah, I, I was expecting that there would have to be a snow area because it's a, you know, it's a game about 
water on a mountain, like, of course there's going to be a snow area. I was not expecting it to be a crater in space. Yeah, a, a, a crater in space, um, like, directly underneath the firmament, I Well, guess. I think that's supposed to be the ocean. I think this is where the ocean went. It's just a giant globe of water in space. Yeah, I think I think I was maybe um primed by raft, which again, like we're we're getting very biblical right here with the entire world flooding and now we finish this game and you get to uh, a layer of water in the sky, which also the firmament, that's pretty biblical too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of this is intentional, but Yeah. Know. Yeah, there's just a giant sphere of water hanging above this crater. And I mean I feel like the environmental design implies that it used to be that, like, the water would fill up this crater and then spill over the sides and spill down the tower, which is why the tower was, like, a big reservoir of water. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, that's, you know, that maybe this is somehow, like, where the ocean came from or something. I don't know. Um, but it's got a giant, like, Magitek monolith in the center, uh, like, emblazoned with images of the sky whales, and the, the, the ballasts are all, like, sort of frozen in hibernation in the snow around it. And, like, the ballast that drops you off immediately starts freezing to death, or freezing into hibernation or something. I don't know why it brought you up there, if, like, that was, you know, potentially a death sentence, but it did. I guess because you're the piper, I guess. I, I guess, yeah. That, maybe that's it's the, just the really nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe. Like, maybe that's the reason that one hung around so low, is because that was its purpose. It has to has Wait to get the, the guy up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, or girl, it's unclear if your character has a gender. <laughs> your character's yeah, very sort of ambiguous. Very, very ambiguous, definitely. Um, but the, uh, yeah, so you have to climb up and it's, I really like that monolith because the handholds are all like the, the monolith is decorated with these giant representations of constellations that light up as you grab onto them. And so like each star in the constellation is like a little handhold. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to climb to the top. And this also definitely looks like it's seen better days. Like maybe the pipers are were supposed to come here regularly. And the reason the water dried up is just because no piper had come there in too long or something like that. And like yeah. everything got ruined. Yeah, because there's definitely some some decay. Um, yeah. bits Bits of the architecture are like not you know, stairs have fallen away. And yeah, I was going to say, it looks like, like there was originally like a spiral staircase that went up the inside, but it's it's long since like fallen apart. I also, uh, I'm not sure if, because um, one of the things that, you know, happens as you climb up the tower is that you light up these images of the ballasts. And I, as I was climbing, I was like, hmm, I bet I have to light these up. So I lit all of them up. Um, I got to the top. I don't know if that actually did anything. Yeah, same. Okay. okay. I don't think you have to, but yeah. it felt good to do, so I did it as well. I was yeah. like, I don't know if I have to light up all of these, but I at least need to definitely need to light up the ones that are like have like the ballast outlines around them, right? Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah. 
I don't think it matters. Um, you do as you when you first land in the crater, you're like walking through this snowscape among these like giant frozen ballasts, which I mostly didn't even notice were giant frozen ballasts until mm -hmm. I came back to that chapter to like do some achievement hunting. Um, I'm like, oh shit, there's like a dozen of them here. Yeah, I I didn't really realize it until at one point I like I turned around to go back because I was like, oh, is there a secret over here? Like I thought I had found another path. And I kind of noticed it at that point. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's sort of sad. You can uh, you get an achievement for like trying to use the baby ballast's echo to wake them up. Um, and if oh. you do if you do that, you get like cause the baby ballast's echo gets like super weak in this area because it's also kind of freezing here. And uh, you um, so if you echo, you get like a very faint little whale song from the one that you echoed near. Um, oh. and you, did you know you can also clutch the, the baby ballast to your chest in this section? If you... No? Is that what you, happens when you no. hit the pet it button? No, because if you pet it, nothing happens because it's, like, too weak and, like, you know, f like, falling into hibernation and you can't, you kind of can't help it. So you're holding it, like, in front of you in your two hands, and if you use both of the handhold buttons, like, you know, grab, uh, then you will clutch it close to your chest. <laughs> Oh, it's very sweet. Oh my god, I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So that's adorable, and yeah. So you climb to the top of this big Magitek monolith, and there's a big Magitek machine at the top, which has your shell. Uh, and you you blow into the shell, and at first it's not working because you also need your little baby ballast's echo to activate these things. And the the baby ballast can't echo enough anymore. <clears throat> but then one of the like the the bigger ballasts start to wake up and they they start to echo for you. And then like everybody starts to wake up and fly into the into the big water orb. <laughs> and then it and then it starts to rain. The end. Yeah, I was really kind of hoping that all of the water would just fall at once um, and <laughs> just like. Crush, like topple the tower drown um, you yeah i um that's like obviously not a good ending but i thought yeah. it would be kind of funny um yeah i was hoping for at least like a, a post credits where you would see the water like trickling down the sides of the mountain and maybe mm -hmm. start see things starting to regrow or like water starting to collect in the you know the ocean basin again or something but no it just pretty much ends there yeah, I guess I guess all that's implied. It's fine. Yeah, um, it, yeah. the The story is sort of very like like esoteric and and like open to interpretation. Um, so they don't give you a lot of concrete detail about how this stuff is going down. So you know, that's that's the sort of ending I guess uh, you would expect. Um, I was not expecting like space crater and giant sphere of water. For sure, but uh, yeah. I was I was expecting with the game the game to end with us like doing something with the ballasts that brings the rain back. So it it did have a, you know, a a good sort of um, finality feeling. Um, felt felt resolved. There's there's at least hope, you know. Yeah. Uh, we don't know where like, all the people went, sure. but yeah, yeah I was. <laughs> Yeah, where did the people go? Yeah, did I mean, they I all? Just... 
did they all go down to the to the Great Plains and die because they ran out of water? Like, what? Or maybe maybe they just uh like maybe they just found and were able to start a decent settlement or like a handful of decent settlements. Um, that are all gonna get wiped out now as the ocean comes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, from the end. Yeah, maybe maybe their grandchildren remember the tower. Or their their grandparents remember the tower and will go like pilgrimage back to it. Yeah, I figure. I mean, there's got to be stories, right? Because otherwise, how else would you have gotten there? Um, yeah. So, you know, maybe people will drown, maybe not. Yeah, I love the even though the the first section is kind of the most harsh. I do love the views that you get of the like ocean um like the ground and the all of the old big reefs and you can see a lot of like old shipwrecks shipwrecks mm -hmm. uh, that's like really cool so um yeah so i guess you know yeah maybe they found a spring out there and they were sort of um eking out a a living somewhere in the basin who knows i mean clearly whatever culture your your piper came from still exists because mm -hmm. uh, you know you you have a bunch of gear and um, that's like that interfaces correctly with the climbing of this tower, um, yeah. and you have uh, you know you have a ballast a baby ballast that had to have come from somewhere and you know clearly you know how to make your way you have technology that interfaces with the technology of this tower so. The like weird Magitech stuff. So, you know, presumably you came from somewhere. You're probably not the last of your kind. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe the ballasts have like a a breeding ground or a nesting ground or something that is where the pipers come from. Maybe that's why you have a baby ballast. Yeah, that's like the weirdest. Not weird, but like that's the most puzzling little thing that never gets explained. Is like, where does this little guy come from anyway? How yeah. do you have him? But eh, maybe your goal is not really to bring the rain back. Maybe that's an incidental side effect of like your goal was to like bring the ballast back and complete the ballast life cycle or something. Yeah, maybe. Actually, that that makes as much sense as anything. Yeah. Uh like I said, very open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, it's like the, I thought It's just this death stranding with the baby. <laughs> Yeah, and and you got ropes. This is a real strand type game. This is just a vertical death stranding. Um, the uh, yeah, I I mean I liked that the like the ending felt like you know big and and epic and appropriate. Uh, mm -hmm. It was it was satisfying that you know there was something cool at the end of the sequence. Um, and yeah. as I said, as we said, like the, the environments going up were cool, like, and it feels good to, to do the climbing. So like, I don't know if I would broadly recommend this game to everyone because I tend to, you know, I tend to connect the the most with stories and this story was a little bit like whatever. Um, but I do think it's like a really good game for game designers to play, to think about like how, how to best embody mechanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like the ending was appropriately cool visually, 
Um, and I feel like that's kind of all it really needed to do to feel satisfying as kind of the culmination of a bunch of other visually cool things that happened. Yeah. So I'm okay with it. And it's it's pretty gorgeous to look at, like, <clears throat> mostly because the environments are very nice. Like, the, the style is a little bit like, you know, it's it's not like it's a style that we haven't seen before. But it's it's well executed and and like the areas feel really distinct and and pretty and you get some great vistas and yeah good to climb mm -hmm. through yeah uh, I don't remember much of the music but uh, I, I remember like feeling that it was appropriate for the thing I was doing especially during like the wind mm -hmm. section at the end yeah it was piano music. Yeah. I don't know why music tends to like slip through my mind. I feel like I never remember any of the music for any of these games. Me too. You're not alone. Maybe unless that's unless it's like a focal point of the game. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole other thing entirely. Yeah, maybe it's a good thing that I don't remember it. Maybe that's a sign that it's like appropriately like supporting the feel of the game without like standing out too much that's how i usually tend to take it maybe that's like a generous maybe that's <laughs> being too generous but ah, it no, didn't I... detract from the experience so yeah. that means it must have fit in well yep uh there is a like pet the animal button so it passes that test yeah um, there's a there's, there's like quite a handful of animations that you get um when you're doing that. I think my favorite one is when you just kind of, like, bounce it in your hands. Yeah, that one's very cute. Or the one where it, like, jumps up and cuddles against your face. It's, like, very cute. I did have um, one really great bug there. Um, when you do its little homing echo thing, it climbs up and sits on top of your head. Mm -hmm. And at one point I had done that to orient myself, and for whatever reason, it didn't do the animation of it climbing back down onto your shoulder where it mostly <laughs> hangs out. So I was just walking around with this little guy just like on top of my head for a while um, until it until it finally like, you know, kicked itself back into a different state. But that was a pretty that was a pretty good bug. I was yeah. not upset about that one. Magical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about it. Do you think we talked about it? Yeah. I think we um, talked about it. The, there was, yeah, there's a few other, like, little kind of menuing type things I could talk about that, like, I didn't like, where it's, you know, like, do, dealing with checkpoint systems or how, like, unlocking works. But it's just all, like, tiny little nitpick stuff. I don't know if it's worth talking about. It's fair. Um, yeah. <sighs> overall, overall, pretty fun game. Um, Good, good climbing. If you were really like holding out for a, a a good rock climbing simulation, here's your good rock climbing simulation. Yeah, if you played Grow Home and you wanted something that's maybe a little bit less silly, I think this is good for that. Yeah, this works. I still think I still think I prefer Sable because you can jump off of stuff and glide. Um, but yeah, Sable. I really Sable. like Sable. Yeah, Sable's definitely not as high fidelity in terms of the realism of rock climbing as this one is. So Yeah. I think Sable is the real game that only only the three of us have played. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But who knows? I 
It's so pretty well, though. Such a good game. That's what I think about a lot. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So that that was Jusson. Um, you know, if you liked the sound of it, I think even though we spoiled the ending, it's still like it's still worth playing to kind of experience those environments for yourself and experience mm -hmm. the 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 like feeling of the climbing for yourself. Yeah. Um I loved next... I loved the the part where you were sorry. That's <laughs> I fine. The, I was I interrupted your segue. Um That's fine. I'm trying to come up with a good one, so this will give me a, another couple seconds to workshop um... it in my head. <laughs> I loved the the parts where you were like running along the side of the wall, where when you get your rope really long, if you're like on a flat mm. uh, flat rock face, you can like run uh, along the the side of the wall and like use your momentum to get a little higher up. Like that feels real good. That does. That's one thing that I wish they made more use of. Um, yeah. Yeah, and but, I like, mean specifically designed into, but. To some extent, it's a little bit up to you because there's a lot of areas yeah. where you could do handholds or you could do weird things like that to kind of skip sections. I'll be curious to see how the uh, speed runs go because the like making use of your stamina in the most efficient way possible, and like I'm sure there'll be some crazy like uh, swings and jumps to get to areas where you were like supposed to go around the long way and you didn't. Yeah, I think speedruns are going to feature a, a lot of yeeting. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This feels like a game with physics that can yeah. yeet you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I bet there'll be a lot of fun, like, glitches that make you go way further than you're supposed to. Like, mm -hmm. oh, if I pet the ballast while hooking into this thing at the same time, and, like, it turns out it, like, shoots me across the map or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I just opened is... a video and the first thing I saw was you cheating away. Yep. Yeah. That's this is why um physics is good, actually, because it, it leads to uh really fun breakable scenarios. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and a game we're gonna play without physics? I'm at least I'm pretty sure it doesn't have physics. <laughs> um our next game is um i'm assuming also one about environments um we are going to be playing road 96 which is a procedural hitchhiking road tripping game um made by i believe a french studio digi x art digix art i don't know how to pronounce it um it's digi x art i'm just gonna say that yeah um where you basically are, I think, hitchhiking, trying to hitchhike out of, like, a totalitarian state, from what mm -hmm. I can tell. I don't know much more. I've We we all bought it on sale. Um, it's no longer yeah. on sale. I Sorry. Say, I think, unfortunately, the sale has, uh, has ended, but... Yeah. Um, but I don't think we know much about it, other than just, just the premise. At least I don't. Mm -hmm. But, seems cool. So... That's what we're playing, Road 96. I think you can get it basically on everything from what I'm seeing here. So, there you go. That's the game. What do you all what do y'all got going on? Plugs? Um I mean, as usual, you can find us at our link tree. Mhm. Mm Which is linktree.feedbackforcepodcast, 
or linktree slash feedback force podcast linkter.e slash feedback force podcast all the links are there yep Uh, yeah you know you can find our usual like our soundcloud page usually you can find our soundcloud page by searching feedback force podcast um you can you can find clouds there discord's there yep Link to Escher's my there. my Instagram with pictures of my gecko Escher is there. He's been real cute lately. I have posted. Looking, a, I'm looking at him. I posted a I'm real cute him. picture. I think it's like the second or third most recent, where he was just like curled up on a a leaf and his eyes were real big and he was looking right at me and I'm like, you are the cutest thing I've ever seen. That is his so cute. Oh my chin, god. Chin sitting on his little tail. Oh my god, little little guy. Yeah. Speaking really of cute. little guys, he's he's yeah. the absolute little guy in my life. <laughs> oh. He's a good one. He's a good little guy. Yep. And uh, yeah, if you haven't played Wintermore Tactics Club, um, and you're if you're if you're a fan of Fantasy High and like the idea of like what if D and D John Hughes movie, we we also did that thing, <laughs> and it's uh. It's available, you know, where games are sold, uh, and you can play it. And you should leave us a Steam review about it if you get it on Steam, because uh, we could use a, a better positive uh, percentage rating. Because we were at ninety-two, and I think now we've fallen below that threshold. And I, we should we should get back up to that, because then if we get enough reviews, we could be overwhelmingly positive. And I would like to have an overwhelmingly positive game. Um, so please, if you've played it and you didn't leave a Steam re- positive Steam review, please leave a positive Steam review. I don't think I left a... I don't review much stuff. I'll have to check, and if I did, not leave a review. <laughs> Thank do you. I have to state that I'm biased? Um, <laughs> am, I, am I obligated to do that? Is that unethical if I don't? Yes, I don't know. I don't Probably not. I don't, don't I'm not going to worry too much about it. Yeah, I don't think it matters that much. You are one <laughs> review, so... I think you have reviewed it, because I think I... It pops up for me from time to time. Yeah, I think you may have. I probably did, and I just don't remember. Reviews. I did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, Store page. Uh, What are we at at the moment? We've got 431 reviews, and yeah, we're at 89%, so we've fallen below the 90% threshold, so, like, please help us get back above the 90% threshold. Yeah. Or else. Uh, I don't I don't have anything to threaten you with, but or or else I'll be somewhat sad. Um yeah. yeah. And uh come back in a few weeks. We'll see if we can do this in two weeks because it's a little bit like it's not longer than you know some of the games we've played, but it's on the upper end of games that we usually play time wise. Um so if we end up yeah, it's all procedurally generated. I saw... Oh, let me see if I can find the number. Uh, there was... Uh, I was reading something that said, like, there's, like, this many permutations of the game, and it was, like, 200,000 or something. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, we're not getting anywhere close to that, but... Yeah, no, but they, the How Long to Beat says, like, seven and a half to ten hours. Okay. Um, usually we tend to be on the upper part of the estimates for how long mm-hmm. to beat. So, you know, 10 hours is a little on the longer side for us. So whether we... Um... Yeah, whether we do this in two or yeah. three might be up for... 
yeah, up for upper. some some de- not debate, but yeah, uh, subject to change. Yeah, there's some some uncertainty around it. Uh, we were considering doing a four in February, but honestly, I couldn't think of four games that are under an hour that we haven't played. Um, I actually yeah. did look up an article of like what are some of the best like really short games, and I think we'd played we'd played most of them. Yeah, yeah, we'd played like I think of the fifteen listed, we'd played like thirteen of them, and the other two were like a Metal Gear Solid game and like something else I had no interest in. We we must have done the exact same thing after after you mentioned that. Because that was exactly what I did, and I think I did see the same list as you, and I was like, oh, well, we have played basically all of these. Yeah. yeah it was I, like... I think I, I might be watching the same list right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think it was like, I think the two on the list that we didn't play were like Phantom Pain and yeah. Limbo, which none yeah. of us want to play Limbo. Yeah, so. it's like we played Inside already, and like we don't need to yeah. also play Limbo. Yeah. 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 Um... Yeah, so if you know any games that are, like, interesting and under an hour long to play, uh, come on to the Discord and, and recommend them for us. And, you know, may, we probably won't play them until next February, but it would be good to have some of those in the back pocket uh, so that next time we can do another four in February. Yeah, we don't plan things, really. Um, so only... But we, but uh... we do have a written down list. We so, do have a written down list. Yeah, the the only time four in February really happens is if like the stars align, yeah. um, and we happen to think about it far enough in advance to come up with four games. Usually, coming up with one game is enough. It's enough of a struggle for us. Um, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, I I'll be honest. I don't think February is that special. <laughs> it's yeah. just short. It just oh. begins with an F, so it's it's good, nicely alliterative. It's a leap year. Yeah. I didn't know it was a leap year this year until just now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, it's an election year. They tend to line up with the election years. Oh, you're right. Fuck. <laughs> Here's <laughs> me with the really good pattern recognition. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, if we, if you can think of a better, like a good alliterative title, we could do them in a different month. Like, yeah. we could do, do like, sh- shorts in sh- September. September. Or we could do the opposite and commit to playing one really long, like, A game in August. <laughs> yeah. Four yeah. in July. July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um... You know, pitch pitch good pitch good alliterative titles. If you find if you have a short game to share with us in the Discord, also pitch some good uh, alliterative, um, yeah. Titles. You could do like freestyle it. Just play some fucking games. It's June. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> some freaking short games in June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Or we just did, come did to an the, episode. Or just come to the Discord to say hi. We like saying hi to people. That too. There's yeah. Some, there's definitely. some friendly. There's some friendly uh, end defender community folks lurking there uh, who would be happy to say hi to you. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think this has been an episode. Yep. Right? Thanks for listening, folks. Yeah. We'll be back in two, maybe three weeks. We'll see. You'll see. We'll, we'll be find back, out together. We'll be back in two, maybe more weeks. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, be true. back. We will. 
That's all you need to know. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.